Uh, so we're going to be starting um, in, in uh, of course, it being the new year, and we've just gone through a wonderful time of Christmas and and uh, New Year celebration, and uh, we just did our hot seat Sunday last week. It was so wonderful to uh, hear your questions. In truth, I would have loved to do another week of that, uh, just because it was such good questions that had come in, and we didn't really get enough time to sort of, I felt like, interact uh, sort of face-to-face -face with questions from the floor. So we'll have to uh, make a time in the future to do that. But here we are starting our new series um, called uh, Stand Out, uh, The Humble Way to an Exceptional Life. And it's a book study on uh, the book of First Peter. Um, there's, of course, a uh, hundred different uh, parts of the scripture that, uh, that uh, are fascinating and interesting. Why start on First Peter? Uh, really nothing more than a sense of uh, a leading of the Lord to uh, just take that particular book and, and dig into it. Uh, we have different sort of preferences and desires in terms of how various ones of us in our community uh, like to hear teaching. Some of us really love it when we do something topical, and some of us really love it when we do something more exegetical, more sort of taking the scripture and, and tearing it apart. And it just felt like it was time to take a small book and just sort of walk through it and see what the scripture says to us as we, as we look at it. And in wrestling with the book of, uh, of First Peter, uh, just this wonderful book near the end of the New Testament, it just became really clear to me that there was something really precious in it for us as a church, uh, partly for us as a church here in the town of Carleton Place and, and in the Ottawa area, but also partly for uh, us as a church in, in North America. It's a, it's a strange thing to be uh, in a culture that is uh, continually less Christian, continually less influenced by, by Christianity. Uh, you know, 50 years ago even, uh, when you looked at, at, uh, at our culture, at, at Canada, there was kind of a, a prevailing sense that if you had just been sort of picked up and dropped in our culture as, say, a refugee or, or whatever, that there would at least be a certain amount of a current that draws you into the church. There would be a certain amount of emphasis on that or awareness of it in Christian media or in uh, radio or in the newspaper, that the church was a, was a presence in the culture and it was generally uh, perceived to be uh, a helpful presence in the culture or at the very least a benign presence in the culture, an important part of the culture. And as time's gone on over the last number of decades, that sense of the importance and place of the church uh, has decreased. And uh, increasingly, we're feeling persecuted when we're not wished Merry Christmas at Walmart and, and things like that. I will think that's funny because I don't think we have any idea what persecution is yet. But we are in a place where uh, that sense of people generally assuming what Christianity is and what it means is, is, is almost completely evaporated in our culture. And what defines Christianity for people in our culture more and more and more is of course us, is of course us. Uh, if people want to know how Christianity is divine in the culture, of course there's stuff in, in media, and we, but we, we don't really want them to control the message, do we? We certainly don't. <laughs> uh, we're, we're continually in a place where we, we need to really let that message of 
Jesus and who he is be evident uh, through our lives, uh, through how we live. And, uh, and in, in a real way, to stand out in our culture in, in of course, the right way. Uh, in our culture, of course, Christianity stands out as something to be a little bit maligned, a little bit sort of made fun of or spoken negatively about. And, and Peter, in, in his book, First Peter, written to the churches in Asia, the area of Asia that we actually now call Turkey, uh, Peter, in, in his writing, is, says a number of times in his book about acting in certain ways to respond to the slander against you or to respond to the, the negative language uh, against you. Now, at this time, in, in when Peter's writing, there isn't any sort of a universal persecution of the Christian church. That's not something that, is, that has happened yet. It's not until the 250 AD that we have an edict from Rome that comes out and says, you know, Christians are to be stamped off the face of the earth. So that sort of level of persecution wasn't happening yet in the Roman world, but certainly Christians, as they moved out of Jerusalem and spread around the whole world, were living as, in a way that was counterculture. Uh, we're living increasingly in a way that was, was difficult uh, for them to live. And, and if you were a person who was a Christian in Roman culture at that time and in that place, while there wasn't uh, an official edict uh, declaring that you were to be sort of killed or burned at the stake, although that was happening in localized areas, we certainly have the stories of what was going on under Nero's reign in, in Rome at that time with, I mean, Christians being used to light the gardens, light the Christians on fire, put them on stakes and use it to light your gardens for your local garden party. I mean, that's part of the history. I mean, we're, we're not there yet, but certainly uh, Christians were uh, able to be persecuted against in local ways and in relational ways. If, if you were a woman and you were a Christian in that space and that time, well, your husband had the right to beat it out of you. And if you were a, a slave at that place in time, well, your, your owner had the right to beat it out of you. And authorities in local areas, if you caused too much trouble, they had the right to imprison you or jail you uh, and, and beat it out of you. Um, so that's the climate that, first, uh, that, that Peter was writing to in, in the book of uh, First Peter. But that's not quite where we're at. But still, there's a call on us that we can draw out of this book to live exceptional lives. Exceptional lives. Not lives conformed to the culture, not lives uh, that are indistinguishable from the lives of everybody in our culture, as much as we as Canadians in particular want to fit in. Don't we want to fit in? That's actually, in fact, we, we, we look at that often as that's our, that's our chief way of, of being a missional Christian is not being able for anybody to tell us we're Christians at all. <laughs> right? We don't want to look too Christian. That's how we're going to do, do the mission. But what does it mean to actually live lives that are exceptional in the Jesus way? and unexceptionable in the, in, in the non-Jesus way. Uh, how do we do that? And that's what the book of First Peter is all about. I want to just give us this quote from a time a little bit after uh, Peter uh, from St. Ignatius. One rare and exceptional deed, no matter how small, is worth far more than a thousand commonplace ones performed by the great. The lives of the great uh, are, are important 
uh, they're looked at, the lives of superstars are, are unpacked to the nth degree. I mean, just look at the buzz about what so-and-so was wearing on the red carpet uh, at the Golden Globes and your news feeds being all filled with, with things like that. But what really is what we're called to do and called to be as, as Christians, as, as normal Christians, as small Christians, as, as everyday Christians, is to still live very exceptional and very notable lives. So Peter's writing to this uh, incredible community of believers, uh, incredible community of people. If you look at the map there and you see that area, uh, that's uh, we, that we now essentially call Turkey, that big peninsula. You see Asia and Bithynia and Pontus and Cappadocia and Galatia. Uh, those are all the provinces that Peter's writing to in this book. And what you see, and you can notice that on the map, is that uh, as you go up from Syria, Palestine, which we, which we would call the Holy Land, which we would call where Jerusalem is now, that those are the areas where the church sort of first spread into. And so Peter's sort of writing to these uh, church communities that are, are sort of newly formed in the last few decades, and, and he's offering them counsel simply for how to live in, in, a, in a strange culture. And so I want to just read First uh, Peter, verses 1 to 2, and that's all we're going to tackle this morning is just these two verses as we introduce the series. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, Exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. And Peter introduces his book this way. And I want to just emphasize a few uh, words from there. Uh, This first word uh, in there, he's talking about God's elect or God's chosen. And so this is the very first thought that Peter Peter, uh, brings to the table when he's having this discussion with these Christians is he wants them to know that they're chosen. And I think he wants us to know that, that we have not been placed in this culture. We have not been placed in this town. We have not been placed uh, in our workplaces. We have not been placed in our schools in any way by accident. Wherever God has put you, he has chosen you for that place and chosen you for that time, he's, he's elected you. I mean, it's an interesting kind of democracy with God because it's only one vote, but it's a pretty big one. <laughs> but he's elected you to be in that place and in that time, right? So you're chosen to be there. And then this, this next word uh, really means, and, and we see it uh, as resident aliens. That's kind of the word that we have, uh, that we see in, uh, I think we use that in the New American Standard Version and the NIV. We use language around that, that term resident aliens. Uh, it really means a people in temporary residence. So in the, in the same breath as he's saying you're chosen to be there, he's also saying 
uh, the, your time there as, as aliens, people who are connected but not quite connected to the culture, who are different in the culture, that your time there is, is also temporary. That, that it, you were chosen to be there, but you're chosen to be there for a specific time and a specific purpose with a specific end date. And that end date is, uh, well, we don't know, do we? And if I said I knew, then you'd have to take me out and stone me or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, we don't know when the end is going to come. We, d- we don't know anything about that. But for this time, uh, we're chosen to be in this place. And the language that, that is sort of in that word, like it's a very, very rich word. It means close beside, passing through, but still in relationship. Uh, a word that it could be translated there would be sojourner. You're sojourners uh, in the place where God has put you right now. You're there on the journey for, for a while. Uh, your time there is temporary, but it's active. You're not connected, but you're really connected. Uh, an image that, that flows with that word is you're potted, but not planted. So imagine that potted tree that you have. Imagine that tree sort of taking it and you can move it from one place to another and it grows and it thrives in the place where you put it, but it doesn't grow roots deep into the soil. Its source is not in the soil that it's planted. It sources the soil that that God's put there. And yet it it gives shelter to people who are there. It gives beauty and it gives gives meaning in the place where it's planted. And that's what our journey as Christians is like. You You are potted and place where God has placed you, but you're not necessarily planted there. Your source isn't in the soil in which you've been planted. So just a rich, rich uh, word there. And then this other word, which is actually sort of almost ignored in in some of the translations, uh, disporos, is dispersed exiles. And if we go back to our map, uh, what we really see is that all of the people who planted those churches up in Asia, what we now call Turkey, are all people that were dispersed out of Jerusalem. They're pushed out, uh, partly by a missionary call, but partly by their families and partly by uh, persecution by the Jews in Jerusalem, uh, that it became a not comfortable place for them to live anymore, that there's a way in which many of them were pushed out into someplace new. And many of us feel like that as well in the place where we've been put in our workplaces, in our schools. Uh, Many of you uh, feel like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I I didn't really choose this. I didn't really want to be here. I I was dispersed and and put in this place. And so God is taking all of that and, and reminding you that he's chosen you. That that dyspora, that sense of tearing, that sense of moving, that sense of motion... Uh, is really something that God has chosen for you and really something that God is, is going to use. And, and a great way to really take all of those concepts and all of those ideas to put it together into language that seems maybe, maybe really meaningful for us in our culture at this time is this, God's chosen refugees. And doesn't that speak to us in this time? Refugees not just pushed out of one place and sent to another, but refugees chosen by the Father to be potted, not planted, but potted in a new culture, in a new place, in a place where you could thrive and bring his light and life and love. So this is the introduction to the book of Peter. Uh, He's speaking to these churches and saying, 
Uh, you're there for a purpose. You're there because I've chosen you. You're not to find your life from the soil that you've been uh, placed in there, but, but you're to have an impact and you're to do the things that God has called you to do in that place. And all the rest of the book goes on to look at a number of different issues, a number of different struggles that people who are uh, sojourners in a culture uh, have to deal with. And how do we live as exceptional people in those spaces? How do we live not just survival, not just lives that are okay, not just lives that are, you know, getting by, but lives that are exceptional lives that bring the transformational power of the kingdom of God in those places where we're planted, that bring the gospel. I'm going to read this quote from Oswald Chambers. It is inbred in us that we have to do exceptional things for God, but we do not. We have to be exceptional in the ordinary things, to be holy in mean streets among mean people. And this is not learned in five minutes. And that's what the book of First Peter is about. How do we live exceptional lives in the mean streets? How do we live exceptional lives in, in hard places? How do we live lives that are filled with, and these are going to be our topics uh, coming up as we uh, go through the rest of the series. This is what Peter addresses. How do we live lives of exceptional hope in a world that is filled with depression? How do we live lives of exceptional hope? How do we live lives of exceptional morality in a world that's lost its compass? How do we live lives of exceptional confidence? And, and this is really just language uh, for surety of salvation. Uh, Peter spends a tremendous amount of time in this book on surety of salvation. How do you know that Jesus is with you? How do you know that Jesus is saving you? How do you know that that's happening in your life? How do you live confident lives in a world that is really, really unsure? How do you live with exceptional wisdom in a world that seems to have abandoned it? How do you live in exceptional generosity in a world that is afraid that it has nothing? How do you live lives of exceptional grace and generosity? How do we live lives of exceptional servanthood? Uh, Peter, in, in this book, addresses uh, slaves and servants a lot, uh, counseling on them how they live with respect to authority. So we're going to wrestle with that. How do we live uh, with respect to the authorities uh, on a big level, on a governmental level, and our bosses and our teachers and, and all of that? There's tremendous counsel for how we live exceptional lives uh, relative to authority, and how do we do exceptional friendship? How do we do exceptional friendship? How do we do being friends really, really well? And so that's it. That's the introduction to the series. How do we stand out a humble way to an exceptional life? And, uh, and there's so much riches in this book of, of First Peter on this. Just wonderful, wonderful counsel for us on, on how we live.